Welcome to the Bad Roman Podcast. On this show, we talk with veterans, community leaders, Christians, and non-Christians as we explore the entanglement of Christians with the state. The Bad Roman Project was created out of the firm belief that as Christians, we are called to follow Christ, not the state. Here is your host, Craig Hargis. Hey folks, we have a special treat for you today. Jason Mock, who's a contributor for the Bad Roman Project, joins me in full disclosure, as much as I like Jason, he is not the treat. Rodney Norman is the treat. If you haven't heard of Rodney yet, then I highly suggest you seek out his YouTube videos. He is a joy speaker, philosopher, comedian, actor, motivational speaker, and all around nice guy. What sparked this conversation was a video Jason shared of Rodney about a Sunday sermon in our Bad Roman discussion group. In this video, the question was asked, what is the most important thing we should know about this life? The answer was, just love everybody. And I can't say amen enough to that. Jason, how are you doing today, man? Good. How are y'all doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm just this. This is exciting. I've, I'm really excited to have Rodney on the show. Not so much you. I've had you on the show. I've talked to you. I mean, you've gone back and forth several times and in, in in conversation. So hopefully, Rodney is nicer to me than you are. Uh, yeah. No, I I uh, am excited to be here. Great to get to talk to Rodney. I'm a huge fan of comedians in general, and uh, Rodney's stuff just really struck note with me. So really took. Uh, to liking it and watching it and sharing it, Rodney. I don't know if you if you know. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Mitch Hedberg. Oh yes, yeah. I worked with Mitch. I've opened for Mitch. Awesome. Uh, Jason can quote Mitch Hedberg like it's just rolling off his his tongue. Like he knows everything about Mitch Hedberg, <laughs> and he's one of the funniest guys I've ever I've ever heard in my life. Like it's just so matter of fact, and just Jason will get on. If there's anything about Mitch Hedberg, Jason's going to quote it. It doesn't matter. And it, he nails it every time. It's either Mitch Hedberg, Jim Gaffigan, or Michael Jr. If it's any of those three, man, I'm all over it. I mean, those guys are just funny dudes. I don't think I'm familiar with Michael Jr. Who's Michael Jr.? Well, he opened for uh, comedian. He opened for Seinfeld for many years, and I think he still does from time to time. But he's very—he's a great comic. I didn't know who Jim Gaffigan is the uh, hot pockets. <laughs> so, Rodney. Before we get started, why don't you give us a little background of yourself in case somebody's been living under a rock and doesn't know who Rodney Norman is? Uh, I just popped into existence about uh, a year ago. I'm mostly a, a conglomerate of about 10 different, uh, what would I, uh, computer programs. I'm part of Q. Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> Those guys are some of my favorite people. You know, the way this world has gone, the crazier, the better. It's like, you know, I start hearing about underground tunnels and the conspiracy that's been going on for centuries and it involves the crown of England and the Pope. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this one. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm, I'm you know, if we all select our own reality, I, I, I pick this one. This is crazy. I love it. So what got you started with these videos? Well, I, I started doing comedy, I said, about 22 years ago. Well, I created this character based on my grandfather, who was an alcoholic, and he would always try to teach me and my cousin lessons when he was, you know, sloshed. So I started doing him as doing stand-up. I just started doing him because 
it was awesome when I was really tired. I could just go up there and mutter to myself and people went crazy. I was like, okay, this is it. Wow, let's do this. And then one day I'm watching a friend of mine and he is a motivational speaker slash life coach. And he gives this video and it's like, hey, I just wanted to take this time to tell you that uh, you're good enough and that you deserve to be successful. And, uh, you know, and I thought it was so corny and ridiculous. And I thought, that's it. My guy is the world's worst motivational speaker. So I just started making videos of uh, basically just making fun of life coaches. And it just started connecting with people one day. It's some of the funniest things I've I think I've ever come across, not going to lie. I mean, if you spend any time listening to Rodney Norman, you're going to, it's going to send you down a rabbit trail of YouTube videos and they're, they're hilarious. They actually really resonate with what people are thinking, but they don't know how to express it. And then here comes Rodney Norman. Hey, you want to be cool? Just be yourself. And if people don't think that you're cool but by being yourself, well, then maybe they're not cool. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all the stuff we know, and for some reason, we've allowed ourselves to be convinced of something else. You know, I have a background in, you know, philosophy, plus I've been doing comedy for over 20 years, and the role of a comedian is to, is to point out the foibles of life, to point out all the silliness that's going on, and I just started, I just started doing it. Really, it's uh, a big inspiration is Nietzsche. Because if you read Nietzsche and you realize that he was basically a comedian that didn't have anywhere to perform, you know, his writings are like a, a comedian's notebook, a bunch of half-finished uh, premises that he doesn't know what to do with. Because he just, he made fun of everything all the time. And I just love it. So I'm just continuing that. So in the, in the Sunday sermon video that you did that we were talking about, what brought that on? Because it's something we talk about on the show a lot about love your neighbor. And it's ba- it, it, it was Jesus, Jesus. That was that was just the basic teachings of Jesus Christ: love your neighbor. So, what brought that video? On? What what made you want to do that video? Well, just the way the world is, uh, I see a lot of a lot of people who are you know fellow Christians who kind of have this adversarial attitude towards everything and everybody. It's like, oh, you, yeah, you're not a real Christian unless you're my kind of Christian you know, this attitude. And uh, we, we have the same problem with uh, libertarians and uh, anarchists. Everybody's fighting over who's the real ones. And it's, it's a silly notion. Because what it all comes down to is if you treat others with kindness and love and respect the way you want to be treated with kindness, love, and respect, governments become inconsequential and unnecessary. And that's the whole point, is that all the wars and all the contention we have in the world is because of governments fighting with each other over territory. And, and, and if we didn't have any of that, we wouldn't have wars. We would have small skirmishes uh, among communities, possibly. But it would be a much better and more civil society if, uh, you know, basically, if anybody could just kill somebody because they're an idiot, you'll find that a lot of people stop being idiots. If you are a uh, force on yourself, uh, you do you do amazing things. If you know that you're you have consequences for things that you do, you you end up doing nice, positive things. And if we can all just start doing that, and you know, the whole point, uh, Jesus, Buddha, all of them said, "Hey, just if you just love everybody, 
the way you love yourself, everything just kind of works out. That's the whole point of Jesus. That's the whole point of the gospel was, hey, just love each other. Quit, quit trying to be right all the time. Just be nice and love, and then the truth shows up. You know, we aren't going to be entrusted with the truths of the universe until we can figure out how to be nice to our neighbor. You know, you got all the aliens coming back right now, and you you're, you study what they're, the aliens and people from the future. What's their message? You guys are all stupid, and you're messed up because you're all you're taking all this too seriously. And so my point is, is hey, let's love each other and not take it so seriously, and and we won't have so much uh, hate and confusion. Well, it's the message of Jesus. And Abby Kleitner, who works on our our project, she said something one time. She said. It's in everybody's best interest to get along with each other, to live at peace with each other. And just like you said, if there wasn't a government involved, we would get along with each other a lot, a lot, a lot better. Because, listen, I live right outside of Memphis. This is one of the most diverse areas in the country. And I work with over 200, 300 people in the plant from all walks of life. And you would think that we would go in there hating each other if we listen to the news or we listen to the government. But we we just get along with each other. And we, we we work together, we go home, we come back the next day and we work together. It's but if we were just taking what the Fox News or CNN or MSNBC is telling us, we're supposed to hate each other. No, we don't buy into that. We don't but you wouldn't you don't see that in everyday life. It's the stuff that is exploited on the news, it's exploited by the government on purpose to keep us divided. And like you said, if there wasn't a government, none of this would be happening. And that's one thing that, that, that that's a question that is always brought to anarchists. Well, how are you how are you going to be able to protect yourself if somebody comes and raids your home? Wait a second, the government you just described the government and they're and they're taking money from us to do that. They have all of the all of the weapons. They have all the power to do that, and you're doing that willingly. You're giving that that power to them willingly. Yes, there are bad people in this world, but guess what? We're putting those bad people in power. That doesn't make any sense when you when you if you just sit back and look at it logically. No, that's uh, that. Yeah, what it comes down to is uh, how much power and control do you want to give anybody over your life? Everybody seems to think that, or they act like the government somehow is just, uh, you know, if you give them the power, all of a sudden they're going to be true and fair and kind to everybody. It's like, oh, no, no, not at all. They become absolute power, or they're the final authority. And when you have a final authority, they're the only authority. So this, uh, so we, we're, we're all in this little crazy dance of stupidity and one of my favorite arguments to engage with people is, is this is brought to me a lot from other christians we just need to get more christians in office and then things will get better there's nothing about the life of jesus that that said that if you if you study anything about the early church and prior to constantine the first 400 years there was nothing about that life that they wanted any kind of political power they didn't seek to change make change through the through politics they worked on the fringes of society. They they helped those in need. That's how we're supposed to act. That's what Jesus instructed us to do. And when you, if you think that you're going to get somebody in power that's a Christian, absolute. What is it? What, what's it? What's the quote? Uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely every time. I don't care. I don't. You could be the most godly man in the world, but if you if you're seeking power, I I'm very suspicious of you because there's nothing Christ-like about uh, wanting to rule over your neighbor. Period. I've been called a radical. 
but I'm very stubborn on this on this because it's not something that Jesus instructed us to do. He instructed us to love your neighbor, just like you said in this video. And it comes down to that. Even those folks you don't like. Jason, I'm sorry, man. You got anything you want to ask Rodney because I've, I've been uh, spouting off here. No. So uh, as a fan of comedy, I've always found that for some reason, the way God wired the brain, or at least my brain, I can remember comedy easier. And I can relate to comedy better. So uh, that's what really struck me with, with Rodney's YouTube video called Sunday Sermon. But um, that was a short, you know, one or two minute clip. How do we, or, or how do you, Rodney, want to use comedy to keep expanding that message to others about loving your neighbor? Do you have a, a plan for that? Or is that just uh, something you do off the cuff when you feel like it? Or Yeah, I want to get into, you know, doing motivational speaking. Uh, which is basically a sermon where you're not allowed to mention God. I would kind of, I, I would like to bring God back into the comment, in, into the, uh, into the mainstream. You know, if you watch TV, you watch, you watch anything mainstream, they pretend like Christianity never happened. They ignore the whole concept. They ignore the idea of God, and this is why people get so wound up. This is why they're so anxious. Is because they're they're missing that part in their life, and they're taught that it somehow it's that if you believe in God that somehow you're less of a person that you're a gullible person and you're a stupid person. It's like, no, I think the gullible person is the one who believes the government and who believes you know six corporations that run all media. That's who you're listening to, and you're you're calling me gullible. I'm 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 reading from a book of ancient scripture from people who have been in connection with this with this higher power for centuries that's what i'm going for and you're going for somebody who's uh you know studied gerbils and uh how to manipulate and control people through uh uh brainwashing and you're telling you're calling me gullible this is this is amazing to me and so i just i want to get that message out and just have fun and, and comedy is so amazing because you know you can remember things better when it's funny you learn things better when it's funny when there's a strong emotional element to anything whether it's and whether it's laughter or it's uh you know joy happiness i mean you always remember happy moments why because they're happy because you have that emotional connection to it and comedy is uh is sort of a uh, you know sort of an instant injection of happiness and it creates an emotional connection. And when you have an emotional connection, guess what happens? You remember it better. That's why you remember songs. You remember music that lifts you up and, and brings you joy. You, you remember comedians. You remember jokes because they have that, that connection. And, and just being able to use that and help people feel better about life and themselves, man, that's, you, can't, you can't ask for anything more, more enjoyable to do with yourself. So the fact that my videos have caught on, I've studied hypnosis, I've studied psychology, philosophy, history, science, and this has been so fun because I've always involved that all of this stuff in my stand-up, and now with these videos, I'm able to do that at, at kind of an even greater degree, and it, it's just so much fun just seeing people. You know, basically, it's kind of like they're waking up from the matrix. You know, when they'll watch the videos. And part of that is just, it's just pulling you out of, 
out of you know the funk that uh, that's being created, pulling you out of the fear, pulling you out of the anxiety, and go, oh, okay, yeah, you know what, this isn't as bad as they're trying to make it seem. I still have control over my life. I'm not out of control. They want to make it seem like everything's out of control and everything's confusion, but it's not. Just calm down. Look at like your life. What can you do? How can you improve your life and the life around the, those around you? And if everybody starts doing that, pretty soon all these fear mongering that they keep throwing at us has no power. And that's part of why they go after comedy so much. That's why they're trying to shut it down because it is powerful. It, it has the power to, to build up and destroy. And that's why they hate it so much. That's why they want to control it so much. That's why they want to control the language. They want to control what you can talk about, what you can joke about. They want to make more things taboo because they want control over. They want, they want that fear and they want to be able to manipulate everybody around with it. This is where you can insert your comment. <laughs> <laughs> Since I've gotten away from being so, and we use the word entangled with uh, with the state. Like there's a book by Keith Giles, uh, Jesus Untangled, and he and he goes through all this. But since I've become untangled with all that stuff, I've noticed that when people like when Biden got elected, man, and I came from a conservative background, the majority of anarchists do. They were just freaked out about Biden getting elected. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Everything that has gone on this past year or so with the lockdowns and stuff, I've operated just fine living my life without any of that being a, being a problem. You know, like I don't care what Biden's saying in the halls of Congress or in the White House. I don't care. Now, anarchists are going to have very strong opinions about politics, and that's just our nature because we came from that. Now, as Christians, though, it's not our thing. It, it shouldn't matter to us what Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Barack Obama, whoever the next guy that's going to be in office is, it doesn't, or woman, whoever it is, it shouldn't matter to Christians because if we just set our sights on Jesus and follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, none of it matters. Jesus told us all the time, don't worry. What are you worried about? You know, so if we're not, if Jesus says, don't worry, all right. I'm going to listen to what that guy says over what Joe Biden says, because I don't care what Joe Biden has to say. I don't care what Donald Trump has to say. That's inconsequential to me that I just I don't care anymore. Like, I don't I don't I don't watch mainstream media anymore. It, it drives me nuts because if I sat there and spent like I used to watch Fox News religiously, like I would fall asleep watching Fox News and it was just in my brain all the time. And I was always angry at somebody because they didn't agree with what I was saying. Well, guess what? I don't care anymore. I don't care what Fox News has to say. I don't care what uh, CNN has to say because they don't have my best interest. Hard. You know who has my best interest? Jesus Christ. He always has. He always will. And he told me to love my neighbor. He told me to love my enemy. Yeah, it comes down to faith. If, do you have faith in God? If you have faith in God, you don't have fear. And if you don't have fear, you don't have the anxiety. You don't have the depression. You're not worked up because, you know, things didn't go the way you wanted, you know, and you start to realize that politics is more like sports than it is anything. It's just, it's more our team against their team. And ultimately it doesn't really matter. As long as you have faith in God, you have faith in Christ, none of this matters. I, I try to tell people that Christianity is more about stoicism. Christ was more of a stoic than he was anything else. When you really think of philosophy, because his message was, Look, the stuff that you have no control over, God does. 
And if you put your faith in God, you, you don't have to worry about things. If things. And if things don't go the way you, you wanted them to, you don't get upset because you understand, hey, I don't see the whole picture. I don't know everything. There's no way I could know everything involved. I, there, there's no way that I'm even capable of getting or receiving or comprehending all the variables that are involved, but God does. So as long as I have my faith in God that somehow all this works out, regardless of how bad it is for me now, when you put your faith in God, you're able to go through all the trials in life. You're going to have difficult times. You're going to have all these things that are going to happen. They're going to disappoint you. But it's not going to destroy you because you understand, hey, there's a bigger picture here. And I have faith in God that it's all going to work out. And that that's the message that people are missing because they've been taught that somehow God's just this magical being in the sky. And it's like, no, no, that, that was a silly, fanciful notion, oversimplified version of God that was created in the dark ages so they could control people and say, hey, look, uh, your, your way to God is through me, through our power, and uh, you do what we tell you, and then God will, you know, will be your lawyer. God will take care of all the paperwork. You just sign here and do what we tell you. You know, that was all about power and control. And so, you know, it really... The problem is, is that people have been given an oversimplified and silly, impossible version of God and say, you know, it's basically a straw, straw man argument. They've, they've created a straw God. They've said, look, here's an impossible God that makes no sense. And this is what you believe. Therefore, you're an idiot. It's like, no, you're, you're, you haven't comprehended God at all. You haven't comprehended any of this at all. But when you finally see all of that, it just calms you. It brings peace into your soul. You're able to see things for what they are. And, and by being relaxed and peaceful, you can react to things better. You know, you're able to take the good with the bad and deal with it. And you realize that it doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House. If it's all in God's hands, he's going to win. He's going to succeed at whatever his plan is. And the opposition is going to do whatever they're going to do. And the opposition has power and has control. Yes. They're going to control almost everything, but it's all an illusion. It's all, it's all fake. It's all, it's all just, you know, tinkling symbols of brass as God. It is all fake. It is all fake. I, I remember setting when, when all this started, like sports went away. And so in the break room work, we have ESPN and we have Fox news on two different TVs. I always turn my back to Fox news. So I don't listen to that garbage. So I'm watching ESPN, but they ran out of things to, to show Sports-wise, so they started showing old WWF wrestling episodes, like Battle Royales and stuff. And I was sitting there watching this. I was like, you know what? This is more real than what these folks on Fox News are saying to me. I've been to wrestling matches. I've watched it, and it looks like some of that stuff hurts. <laughs> I don't know how they how they get away with being unscathed most of the times, but, I mean – it looks more real to me than what uh, Fox News is telling me, what Sean Hannity is telling me. Or, you know, I, I remember when all the riots and stuff were going on and Donald Trump and, and Sean Hannity kept coming out calling these folks anarchists. I'm like, no. And it just started grinding my gears, man. I was sitting there on, on, on break and I was sitting there thinking, all right, I'm going to say something. I'm going to stand up and say something and they're going to call me a lunatic. I don't care. I said, that's not anarchy. Let me tell you about anarchy. Let me explain anarchy. And I went on this five-minute spill about anarchism, what actual anarchism is. And everybody was listening. 
And then I went on, I, uh, my break was over and I left. And I'm sure they were saying that guy's a lunatic because they're so in tune to what Sean Hannity's saying. So what Donald Trump is saying, but th- that's, it's garbage. I mean, it's, it's total garbage what they're putting out on mainstream media. Uh, what, what we're hearing out of the white house, what we're hearing from Congress, it's garbage. It's all lies because they're all in cahoots. I mean, it's very well known if you, if you pay attention that when these guys get done debating each other on stage, they're going out and having drinks and dinner together afterwards. And they're all laughing at us. There's no doubt about it because they always come back to each other and they can put on a show just like a WWF does. But in the end, they're all still friends. They're all still buddies. Oh, yeah. And then they, they get us arguing about silly things. Hey, folks, Craig here. And I'd like to let y'all know we are always looking for writers to contribute to our blog. I don't care if you have any experience or not. Two or three of our contributors had no prior experience writing, and it turns out they have a real knack for it. Our project coordinator helps them put the articles together, and she publishes them on our website and Facebook page. And you will also have the option to come on the show and go more in depth about your article. So if you like what we're doing at The Bad Roman, and would like to try your hand at writing, and send us an email at thebadromanpodcast at gmail.com. We're having a blast with this project, and we would love for you to join us in helping promote it. Now back to the show. Really had a couple questions on you know, what Rodney sees as the path forward in the future for, for comedy, but also still speaking the uh, what we would call the truth, I guess, in the fact that you know social media companies are starting to uh, delete and end people's pages and unpublish them. I know it's happening across different media streams, but really curious, uh, Rodney's opinion on uh, A, why are we seeing the rise in people liking to uh, listen to these types of comedians? You have you know, Rodney Norman, J.P. Sears. You have a lot that are getting lots and lots of traction. And then the B side to that question is, um, how does the rise of those comedians affect what Rodney might see the future of social media and how you know he intends or, or how he would uh, advise a comedian to keep their page published and to keep being able to speak? And what does he see as the um, problems that are going to be inherent with uh, social media companies trying to delete and unpublish and, and, and get you to say what they want you to say versus being able to speak freely? You know, the, the, idea, the role of a comedian is to, like, you know, like I said before, was to mock the things that need to be mocked, to ridicule the, the ridiculous aspects of life, to make fun of leaders who are doing stupid things. That, that's why they want to control it. But as comedians, uh, you know, finding more clever ways to go around the system, to beat the system, because that's what comedy is about. It's about mocking the system and beating the system. So as all these social media companies try to manipulate and control it, what they're actually giving is room to do more. You know, when they keep moving the goalposts, that just gives us more ground to play with. You know, you keep creating more taboo subjects. Wow, you just you just told me what to what to make fun of. So you you've got that part of it, and it's going to continue to grow because you're you're not going to shut down comedians. I mean, you might be able to control what they talk about. But there's this glorious thing called, uh, uh, you know, similes and uh, allegories and sarcasm. Or we can make fun of one thing by saying something else. So you become more clever and smarter 
and I think audiences are becoming more uh, more adapt to, to smarter material and uh, you know more nuanced. So you can you know you can talk about uh, the the politics of uh, when somebody brings donuts into the break room and turned it into a complete uh, uh, repartee about the you know social norms and how to defeat them. Without saying that, you know, you can mock a lot of things by talking about something else. As well as I think a lot of silliness is coming back to comedy. For so long, it's everybody's tried to be the smart guy. You know, instead of being really a comedian, they're just trying to be a social activist. You know, this whole alt comedy attitude that has kind of crept its way into comedy is, I think it's falling apart because it's just, it's not funny and it's not silly and it's not really breaking any ground because they all just keep kind of treading the same water. But, you know, my act is just very silly. And I think a lot of, a lot of people are, are attracted to that where it's just, just, let's just go back to having fun and uh, enjoy ourselves. So I, I think it all corrects itself. Anytime the system tries to beat down people, comedy finds a way around it. You know, you see that with Lenny Bruce, uh, George Carlin. I mean, they all broke the system. They they fought the system and they beat it. And I see more and more of that coming out. It, you look at any comedian, if it, you're playing it safe, you're not getting anywhere. You know, if you're just playing to, to not lose, you always lose. I remember you mentioned George Carlin and I've listened to that guy and I was super right wing, super neoconservative. and the things he was saying, like, man, this guy's a lunatic. This guy is, is going to lead people down the wrong path because I was pretty sure that my team was right about everything going on. Where I'm at now, I can look back at things that George Carlin was saying. I'm like, that guy was a genius. He knew he knew it, and he was using his, his platform to say it, and it was beautiful. And you said comedians need to be more clever or, or be more clever about working around the system but still making fun of the system. It reminds me of something because I've had to talk. We have a social media director. And I've had to talk to him because he makes memes for our, our Facebook page. And we get flagged sometimes from Facebook for some of the stuff he puts out there. They're, they're funny memes and they and they they make sense. But Facebook's not going to put up with some of this stuff. And I was like, we can still make fun of them without them knowing we're making fun of them. Because they're not as clever as we are. We can be more clever than them and they're not going to even recognize it. Because the algorithms that come up with Facebook and stuff, it's... It's really sad that we've gotten to this point. I was listening to somebody the other day. Um, they were talking about the vaccinations and stuff. And they were talking about people being silenced on Twitter, like Donald Trump was booted off of Twitter. He said, I don't care where you stand politically. If that guy is the leader of the country, the guy that the president of the United States, I want to know what he's thinking. I, I want to know what's going through his head. He said, if Hitler was my president, I want to know what that guy's thinking. And you're silencing him? He said, there's no way this ends well. And he's right. He's, he's absolutely right, because I don't agree with Donald Trump. I don't like the guy, but I want to know what he's thinking. You know, I don't like Don, about Joe Biden, but I want to know what he's thinking. I want, to, I want to know what he's saying. But to silence somebody because you don't agree with him. Come on, man. There used to be a saying, well, you can't do that. This is America. That's garbage now. We can't even say that anymore, because when you look at what's going on, it's not America like we thought we thought it was. It's not America anymore. We can't say, if you look at all the protests and stuff that are going on in Germany and England and stuff, 
they have hundreds of thousands of people out there protesting stuff going on. We're lucky to get five or 6,000 people in America to do this. Americans have got so complacent with this, and, and it's, it's really uh, disappointing because we can't say, well, you can't do that anymore because it's America. No, actually, you can do that because it's America. This is, what, this is what we've become, and we've allowed it to happen. But I think what you're doing, and I, you're, you, you, I don't know if you're doing it intentionally, or maybe you are, but with comedy, trying to subvert the, the system without them knowing you're subverting the system. And it's very clever and it's very it's very needed right now, especially with what's going on, because a lot of people are getting silenced. You know, I, I could probably live my life very well without being on Facebook. The reason I the only reason I keep Facebook is because of this project. And I want to keep up with my friends and family. I live in Tennessee and all my family's in Arkansas and Texas. So I can keep up with them through Facebook. If it wasn't for that, I would I would shut it down because it's just it's nonsense anymore, man. There's there's no Unless you come across a Rodney Norman video, it, it's all just a lot of hate, man. It's it is it's just not fun anymore. Facebook, when I first got on, it was fun. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, kind of social media in general has kind of become just a you know a cesspool of stupidity. And my goal was to well, basically mock it, make fun of it, and get people to just uh, you know enjoy your life. For whatever reason, we've allowed the government to be in control of every aspect of our lives, and it's silly. Absolutely the most ridiculous thing ever. I, I absolutely agree. It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen because, I mean, you go back to the founding of this country. Those guys fought over a 3% tax. <laughs> they went to war over a 3% tax. If you If you compare that to what we are now, Man, the founders are rolling around in their graves right now, and I, and I, and I I'm not. This is not something I would ever advocate for. Ever, I'm a I'm a pacifist. I follow Jesus Christ, but I would never advocate for war. But I promise you, if Patrick Henry was alive today, George Mason, any of the any of the Antifederals were still alive today, they would be gearing up for another war, without a doubt. And I've and I get this because I've got a lot of uh, friends and family that are military. And I know you're ex-military as well, but I've had some friends and family get mad at me because I will not advocate for war. And they think that I'm not honoring the troops. And I was like, no, that's not the case. I want them. I support the troops so much. I want them home with their families. Now, that being said, if everything that we've witnessed go down over the last year or so, why isn't the White House on fire? Why isn't every state capital on fire right now? You take an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. Now, if we're going to take that oath seriously, why why aren't we burning down the state capital of California or the state ca- or the, the White House? The, the United States government is the biggest threat to our liberty over Syria that never attacked us. Or, you know, you know I, we could go down a laundry list of, of countries that we're involved with right now. But they never set foot on American soil. But you know who does? The American government. And I just, I just don't buy that notion anymore that they're protecting our freedoms because that, I just don't believe it anymore. Because if they, if that was the case, then why isn't the White House on fire? I know that sounds strong. I don't know, but those folks threaten us every day, every day of our life and our liberty. I mean, it is what it is, and you can't get around it anymore. And I, I just. I won't apologize for that <laughs> that mindset. I mean, 
I'm, I'm a more of a black and uh, white type person. I don't see a whole lot of gray. It really is what it is to me. They actively steal from us. They actively kill people in other nations. This is not the way of Christ. This is not it. And I, I'm, I could go on a rant. And I apologize, but <laughs> go ahead, Rodney. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, it troubles me when I see Christians who are saying, hey, look, Christ would be a socialist because, you know, we're taking care of the poor. It's like he never said, hey, let's go tear down Caesar and tell it all of his money and spread it out evenly amongst everybody and then tell everybody how to live their lives. That was never Christ's message. You know, he said, render under Caesar what is Caesar, render under God what is God. That's always funny when that when when people say render under Caesar what is Caesar what render under God what is God. I believe very very strongly that Jesus was a snark. If you read the early writings of the church, they were snarky people because they they jabbed at the at the Roman Empire. When Jesus said that, what exactly belongs to God? Or I'm sorry, what exactly belongs to Caesar? Nothing belongs to Caesar. It all belongs to God. And I think Jesus was being a snark when he said that to him and and. God, if we're created in God's image, that means we're going to have a sense of humor as well. And you could look at my life. <laughs> you can't look at my life and say, God doesn't have a sense of humor. I promise you. I think he likes to poke at me just to, just to get a laugh himself. Because <laughs> I believe God, I believe Jesus is a snark. I mean, Jason, go ahead. Well, uh, that's you know one thing that Jesus really did throughout and even some of his teachings, you know, when he talks about uh, when somebody takes you to court for your cloak, give him your tunic also. That would be a passive way to embarrass somebody in front of a great crowd and a multitude. And so there were all these little ways that Jesus kind of taught about subverting uh, what the people of the time viewed as governmental authority. But he did it even to the uh, Pharisees when he stoops down and he writes in the sand when they bring the adulterous woman to him and ask him what to do. Um, and that's what I love about comedy and I love about you know specifically the, the work that Rodney Norman is doing is it's a passive way to teach others how to uh, subvert that supposed authority of government that they're seeing around them but in the same mindset also he's teaching exactly what we should be doing we should be loving our friend that's the idiot you know we sh- we should be loving others because Jesus loved them we should be hearing the presidential debates. Oh, you're a McStupid, stupid face. No, you're a McStupid, stupid face. That's what we should be hearing. We shouldn't be hearing somebody in, when they're speaking, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, and, and hearing principled, faithful people. We should be hearing gibberish. And so I just like the way that, he's, you know, that he puts his, his videos together and the way he talks, because those things really are what helps people understand it's okay to subvert those supposed authority figures by simply ignoring them. You know, if you just realize that they're basically two sock puppets going back and forth with each other, it's easy to ignore them. And then we can start focusing on loving our neighbor. You know, quit ignore, quit paying attention to them. Start paying attention to your neighbor. Your neighbor's going through trials and troubles in life. And that's another thing that Rodney always talks about in his videos that I absolutely love is, you know, how to be happy how to be at the bottom and still realize that you, there's good you can do, how to get up out of the bottom, um, how to move on with life after tragedy. He touches on all those subjects. And really, if we were loving our neighbor, we would be helping our neighbor with those. And that's really you know, Rodney's whole deal and his videos. And that's what I love is 
He's teaching others to focus on their neighbor and to love their neighbor and to deal with them through their trials and tribulations. And uh, the fact that he does it in a comedic way is what really, you know, uh, connects with me. We, we tend to uh, be so serious about everything. And, you know, you, you can read scripture and you can read what they're all doing in scripture and you can read the early writings of the church and what they were doing. But you have to think that along this while, when they're following Jesus along, that they're sitting around, you had to think that they were telling jokes. You had to think that they were cutting up about things. They were having fun. They were they were enjoying each other's company. They were laughing. And laughter is such a medicine that people don't understand. And I, I, I want to tell you, Ron, I was when I was uh, I was watching a bunch of your stuff preparing for this episode and you had a video. It's called uh, Bad Gigs, Bad Bosses and Dealing with Life. And I, I, I watched this video and you were a little down and then but you were talking about messages you got from other folks that really uplifted you. And I want to tell you something. Uh, when I first came across you and I, I mentioned this in in our messaging just to kind of prepare you for it. But when I first came across you, I was having a really bad day. My brother passed away last August uh, due to isolation from the lockdowns. And I was, it's a grief that has been crippling at times for me. And that day I was having a really bad day. I was really struggling. Then I came across your video and then I started watching more videos and watching more videos. And it really brought my spirit back like it just brought me back up like I wasn't just I wasn't sad anymore it, just, it, it made me laugh it, re- it was really comforting laughter is is comforting to people I don't know if you understand this and I told you this in messaging as well but you are doing God's work whether you know it or not because being able to make people laugh and be snarky and, and getting people happy happy we need to be happy and the things that, that you're doing God wants us to be happy. Jesus wants us to be happy. That's, I mean, that's the whole goal. Be happy, love one another. And what you're doing with your videos, I don't, I don't know if you understand that, but I want to let you know if you're having a bad day, just remember, hey, Craig was having a bad day and he watched your videos and it, it, it changed my day. It really changed my day. And I really appreciate what you're doing, man, so much. Uh, thank you. You know, that, that's been the most, amazing thing about all this is getting messages like that almost every day uh people who just said you know you pulled me out of my funk i was depressed I, i've had people who said look i was suicidal and i came across your videos and i just started i went down that rabbit hole and all of a sudden i realized life isn't that bad i actually have a lot to live for i'm actually pretty doing pretty well and it just it just pulled them out of that, and that has been the greatest thing to me about all this. I mean, if if I never become uh, huge and ever make any money at this or famous, at this point I could care less. Just making these videos and just having fun, you know. I look, I pray before I do a lot of these videos, and I most of the time I have no idea what I'm going to say. I just turn on the camera and I just go into character, and whatever hap- happens. And probably the best videos I've done have been ones that I, I had absolutely no plan at all what to say when I started. I feel blessed to get to do it. It's an honor. It's a joy. I, I can't express enough to everybody how much joy it brings me that people are getting joy and happiness out of all this. Just humbling 
really. I love it, man. I, I mean, and like I said, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's incredible. And it, it really w- is helpful to a lot of people. I mean, even if it's just silliness, man, I mean, we need silliness in our life because we can get bogged down in seriousness all the time and lose focus of, of what we're supposed to be doing or just live in your life, man. Just just live, love your neighbor, help your help those in need, you know, and just you, I think what you're doing helps people refocus on what, what's going on, even if it's it may seem silly, but but the message behind what you're saying in your videos is just it just resonates. I mean, it it really just resonates with everything that is going on in everyday life. And I'm really thankful that I came across you and I really appreciate you coming on today. Jason, do you have anything else? And- yeah, I just want to know Rodney's favorite joke. Well, what, what, I was just reminded of a joke that made me chuckle again last night that I used to tell. But I remember when I wrote the joke, I thought, this is, this is brilliant. This is funny. And most people don't appreciate it. But I love this joke so much. I grew up in Utah. And so my joke is, you know, uh, growing up in Utah, you, uh, you know, you're exposed to polygamists. And uh, I want to give you my honest opinion that what I see is the biggest problem with polygamy is, uh, well, having to make love to the same 27 women for the rest of your life. <laughs> That's a horrible idea. What a terrible situation. There was a Mitch Hedberg joke that I remember for some reason has always stuck with me. It's quite possibly one of the dumbest jokes ever written, but for whatever reason, I remember it. I remember seeing him do it live when I opened for him was, uh, I really love Kit Kat bars, except for when I'm with four or more people. <laughs> that was the dumbest joke ever, but I just couldn't stop laughing about it. I was just, and every time I, every time I think about that joke, it just makes me chuckle. Every time I see a Kit Kat bar, I laugh because of that joke. <laughs> well, speaking of Mitch Hedberg, I bet because, and there's one that I always remember him saying, and I, I maybe I'm going to, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember it word for word, but he's talking about escalators. Jason, you probably know this. Go ahead and, and, and say that. Say, say the Mitch Hedberg joke. Oh, he says, like, the other day I came along an escalator that was broken, and there was a sign that said, sorry, the escalator is out of order. You cannot use it. But an escalator has only become a set of stairs. The sign should say, escalator has become stairs. Sorry for the convenience. <laughs> that was perfect. He even got the inflection down. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he sounds like Mitch Hedberg, doesn't he? And we need to get Jason Mott to get on stage. Maybe he can open for you sometime, do some Mitch Hedberg jokes. I will say that my favorite Mitch Hedberg joke, I like short quips because you can use them whenever. But he says, I want to try fried beans. Maybe we're just wasting time and don't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) I think when we get off here, we need to go down some Mitch Hedberg rabbit rabbit trails. Yeah, that guy was great, man. When I got to open for him, it was just before he really, you know, I mean, he re- he's one of those guys who became more famous after he died than he was when he was alive. And so as a comedian getting to work with him, I knew he was something special. And it was a thrill to me to get to, to work with him. But, you know, he was on a he was on a road to destruction. Nobody could stop him. I mean, it was just, it was one of those, Horrible, horrible things. But 
you knew you were in the presence of something amazing. Because he was such a great joke writer. Well, let me ask you something. Since you got to spend time with him, what was he like off of off the stage? I mean, what was he like, you know, when he wasn't on stage doing his comedy? Oh, he was just normal dude, just nice, kind. You know, I only hung out with him for one day. He was just a really kind. He was nice to everybody. He was respectful to everybody. He was grateful to be there. For, he was grateful for the guy. I mean, he was just a really nice guy. He's what you would hope he would be if you were to ever meet him. He was that guy. He was just down to earth, cool. Yeah, it was. He was special, man. Just his comedy was was. It was comedy like you've yeah. never really heard comedy. I think. I don't think you'll ever see another Mitch Hedberg. Unless Jason Mott gets up on stage and starts writing his own stuff, we'll see. <laughs> no, no, and like I said, his material, his yeah, his his material will last forever. He's one of those one of those comics. Well, Rodney, man, I appreciate you coming on and doing this with us. This has been a lot of fun. You're you're super funny and you're you're very uplifting with your videos. And I want to give you the opportunity to plug anything you want to plug before I let you go. Oh, just uh, RodneyNorma.com. Uh, we've got stuff there all the shows that i've got coming up are listed there if you want to just put rodney norman comedian at google you'll find all my social media stuff and uh thank you for having me on this has been a been a joy i get to talk about stuff i don't normally get to talk about this is cool well i want to ask you something before i let you go because you mentioned when i when i asked you to come on you said something very interesting to me and you said when i asked you i was like oh it's like asking the pretty girl to go to the dance. We'll see what he says. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you said you've never been called a pretty girl before. But what I meant was he could only say no, you know. But when you when you said I would be honored, I love the message. What about, and, and this is not for me to like my own self-edification, but what, what about the message that we're doing with the Bad Roman that you, that you love? I'm really kind of curious about what you meant by that. You know, getting, this is the thing I love about podcasts in general is just, being able to talk about things in a real way and not worried about whether or not we're offending the corporate overlord and, and being able to talk about God and, and just things in a real way. Just, I, I really appreciate it. Awesome. Great. That's awesome. Jason, anything else before I let you go? I just want to say, you know, thanks to Rodney for taking some time out of his travels to join us and to talk about some fun stuff and tell some jokes. Absolutely. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You're, you're doing you're doing a lot of good, and I really appreciate everything you're doing. But I'm gonna let y'all get out of here. Have a super awesome day. Is that is that the is that the saying? That's it. Have a super awesome day. Have a super awesome day. All right, guys. I'll talk to y'all soon. Thanks for joining us this week on the Bad Roman Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcasts to never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, it really helps people find us. 100% of donations are given to local charities in Memphis, Tennessee. To learn more about The Bad Roman Project and to find show notes, please visit thebadroman.com. <laughs>